Spartans, prepare for glory. From Spartan headquarters, this is De La Pod, a program taking listeners behind the scenes of the fabled De La Salle Athletics program. And now your hosts, Spartan alum and longtime broadcaster, Pat O'Rourke. With all things athletic guy and newly minted podcast nerd, Coach Derek Brown. All right, let's get to our sponsors. Thanks so much to our sponsors for helping making these podcasts possible. And that includes the 7-Up Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. 7-Up, hurry up, grab an ice cold 7-Up and drink up to enjoy the crisp, uplifting lemon-lime flavor. Turn it up, dance up, and soak up this season with music, friends, and the refreshing taste of 7-Up. What are you waiting for? Live it up with 7-Up. Lemurs conquered Buick GMC, serving De La Salle and the Crondelet families and the community since 1928. Lemurs is proud to be the official GMC truck supplier for the Spartans. Whether you're looking to purchase a new or used car or need auto service, they invite you to experience their family-owned, fifth-generation, state-of-the-art facility and award-winning hospitality in Concord. Lemurs is the Bay Area's oldest franchise General Motors dealership and part of the proud Spartan family. Epic Insurance Brokers and Consultants has a nationwide presence with a depth of industry expertise across key lines of insurance, including commercial property and casualty, employee benefits, unique specialty program insurance, and private client services. To learn more about how Epic Insurance can benefit your business, contact Dalton Brown, 925-822-9031, 925-822-9031, or visit epicbrokers.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of De La Pod. Pleased to have you with us again, along with Derek Brown. I am Pat O'Rourke, and today we have a special guest, Leo Lopos, who is, of course, a class of 1994 alum, uh, like myself, and uh, someone who's been working with De La Salle for two decades now and has been the athletic director, just completed his 15th year, actually now, of course, the vice president of athletics. And uh, Leo, great to have you on. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to talking with you today. What can you tell us from your time as a student to now, like, is there anything that you feel is uh, you feel is the same, or I mean, just in terms of overall comparisons from from now to back to your time as a student? Well, I will tell you, I start with one thing: the mission is the same. You know, I think that's the one thing that I've always strived to uh, continue to deliver. With obviously, with coaches and teachers and everyone on this campus, is like when you graduate from Dale Sal, you kind of hopefully still have some of the same fibers of uh, connection and understanding of the mission, love for each other, all, all the stuff that, you know, that uh, whether you graduated from here or you work here right now, you're kind of trying to have, try to be a part of the, the growth process. It's, um, it's obviously way different when, like there's a lot of differences from what it looked like in terms of physical buildings and size, amount of people on campus, um, the breadth and the depth of the programs, the way things are done, there's there's a lot, there's definitely evolution that is taking place over the years. But reality is, what's really amazing is the consistency of the why and the how, and then the, the end product. You know, I do believe um, 
when we, me and you, Pat, entered the, the, the walls, people were still trying to educate mind, body, soul, take care of the individuals, offer things to people, make them feel inclusive versus excellent. All that stuff that when we went through still here, which I think has allowed Dale South to continue to grow. And ultimately, we're at, we're at, we are where we are now. Um, yeah, who would have thunk there'd be a, you know, the Hoffman Center sitting in the middle of what was the parking lot for most of the alumni you know, that went here. Who would have thought that the stream building would be on top of the tennis courts, the band rooms on top of the, the sand pit. Um, there was, for some alone, there was no pool. You know, there was that transitional time. Um, so there's, I've seen um, things, a lot of things have changed. Our locker room's gone through uh, one renovation, but up until I returned back to school as an employee, it was the same locker room since 1965. So. There's been one locker room renovation since 1965. So some things have never changed, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I think, again, the fact that people have still bought in to the Catholic LaSalle and education purposes of this school is pretty pretty amazing that we've stayed steady. Um, some of the things that haven't changed, though, there's been a lot of long tenured folks here. I mean, I as I kind of speak to you right now, I probably, and Derek might correct me, I bet you a lot of, People probably think I'm like the elder statesman. You know what I mean? I've kind of, yeah, kind of got into that two decade plus return. I at one point in time I wanted to be the cool young alum guy. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I guess I can't be that dude anymore. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, Lad has been here just until recently. You know, and Terry is still here. Uh, there's a lot of faculty and staff and coaches that are, I mean, at least within the last three to five years, it just stopped. Um, Guthrie Hirsch, uh, Pelster was my AP English teacher, you know, so it's like, there's, there's still some, some crazy connections and consistencies that have, that I think have maintained to keep Dale Cell who Dale Cell is. Yeah. It's kind of neat in that aspect for sure. Um, if we could just stay in that lane, maybe you can talk about, I know you just threw a few of the names out who maybe a couple of them might come back in your next reply, but going back to the time when you're a student here, deal with South folks that maybe had the most impact on you back then. And maybe some of those same figures still impact your life today. Is there any sort of that connection that you can kind of bring forward for us? Yeah. I mean, the first one would be Tam or Dean. I happened to, I don't know. I, I think I was a TA or something. They, that's that's one thing that changed. You can't be a TA anymore and get in high school. You got to take real classes all the time. <laughs> but I was definitely a TA for Tam, and I learned a lot about you know being you know being with a dean for forty five minutes every day. Yeah. And just watching all the craziness. Um, he it was interesting because that was as I look back. He is obviously teacher coach. Dean, he was a lot of different things over the years. Mm -hmm. um, but he was just always understood how to work with kids. And he always like, and all kinds of, uh, everyone, everyone from, from Concord to Danville to San Francisco to Oakland. Yeah. Different ethnicities. Yeah. He himself was from San Francisco, lived in, I think, taught and lived in Pittsburgh to start. And, you know, I just learned some things that I never, I probably, I probably influenced by him a ton. Um, Lad was an interesting guy to me because he was a teacher not a coach to me but then I was in theory his his boss you know what I mean for yeah. but yeah. and there was a time where um, he definitely influenced me to stay here you know and I when, when I came back I was definitely in the 
hey, you know what? I'm going to work here for a couple of years. Sounds like a good little gig. A couple, you know, right out of college, uh, summers off, you know, all the different things that kind of work when you're looking at working in education. Setting up the football field wasn't as simple as it is now. It was grass and dirt track. And um, I remember slanging barricades by myself. No one was out. Uh, you know, Edson was my boss and wasn't organized enough to tell me how to get manpower out there. Gotcha. <laughs> he told me to go do it. You know what I mean? In classic Edson form. Yeah. Remember, he came out of like, I always tell people the story. Lad came out of the, I don't know where he came out of the bleachers or whatever. He just came out of nowhere. I was by myself and I was like, I remember him saying, he was like maybe where the Spartan head now is. I was just carrying a couple barricades and he, he said, you'd be good at this job. You should go get your master's degree. And that, like that day or two, I... You know, I, I actually just started looking at master's programs and um, I got and decided that getting my master's degree in athletic administration would be kind of the plight I wanted to go versus I was going to get my MBA in business. So I figured that was actually because my major was business. So I, I was looking at two different roads, um, but lads, you know, lad as a teacher, lad as a mentor, and then lad, honestly, as like I said, I mean, he was the head coach and I was athletic director. So we those just off the top i mean obviously terry you know without question um in many ways he was my first boss you know and yeah i mean i couldn't thank i mean i learned for whatever depending on on what side of the lesson i was on on that day there was a lot of lessons on a daily basis um i remember his daughters writing on me in dry erase pen you know while he was at football practice and i was in, in the athletic office um you know they were young so i learned how to be a dad and coach and so um he's probably taught me more than anyone over the 30 years or so um and i still remember him as student activity director back then you know i remember him being on the announcements um so just probably these are just things i probably took for granted over the years just because they've always been around i never have really had a time to stop back and reflect tam i miss you know i haven't seen tam in a while since he's been kind of, i don't know how many years he's been retired from he's still likes to talk a little crap about who's in the Hall of Fame or who's not in the Hall of Fame. He's one of those guys with, uh, and he's entitled to his opinion. I've been blessed because there's been so many good people in this community, whether I was fully in, entrenched with them in, in activities or coaching, I've just always been able to take away something from everyone and learn. And that's probably why I'm still here. You know, I, and I don't, I mean, obviously Derek, you're right on the screen and like, you know, I don't know how many years, I always forget the years. I know it's double digits, but it's like, I mean, obviously you've been a tremendous amount to me in different ways. Um, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to leave anybody out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. You know, every head coach, you know, I've had some moments. I mean, the the, the, the passing of Coach Alverson the past, uh, past year definitely hit me harder than I even knew. Um, with COVID, there was so much stuff going on in my life that I, 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 I never really got a true chance to reflect on how much he meant to the school and what we did together. So there's, I almost feel like there's so much that I've taken away from everybody that has helped me get to where I need. I mean, campus ministers, Father LaSalle, Mark DeMarco, you know what I mean? So I can, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, and maybe this just sounds corny, but I've always tried to be positive and look and see what I could get out of everybody to learn and try to make myself better and help them get better. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a martyr, I'm not a saint, but that's just kind of been my approach just to, to kind of take what I can from everybody, learn and, and move forward. And I probably, you know what, in hindsight, I, I don't know if I, I don't think I'd do it any different. What can you tell us about COVID in terms of what things you've had to do, things you've had to learn 
during COVID as far as, you know, just getting everything back on track to where, you know, we get back to normal. Yeah. I mean, you were, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know what? And I think Derek probably knows better than most. Uh, maybe my wife, cause I, you know, try not to bring things home, but we, there's two anomalies that happened the last three years. We built the LAPC and we had COVID. So for a lot of people don't, don't and on top of my regular day job, you know, um, the LAPC project was, especially as, as if you've ever gone into building something, the day-to-day, the choices, the, the stress, the delays, like, you know, it, it was it was harder probably than I thought it would be. You know, because you're like, ah, I'm just building a weight room, you know, or whatever. But there, but that was like a 12 to 18 month, maybe two year, I can't remember now, two year process. It finished, you know, early the semester before COVID, but it was not really done, temporary occupant, you know, so we're still lingering. And then we really didn't get to move into it. It was, and then COVID hit essentially, you know, just so the last three years, of my whatever amount of years at Dale South been difficult in different ways, for sure. Because um, cr- construction in itself was just maddening. You know, like we didn't have the, what was formerly known as the breezeway. We didn't have concessions, no bathrooms, I don't think in the in the gym for a whole season. So there's just all kinds of moving parts. Um, and then COVID, you know, I think to your point about how we, we handled COVID at Dale Cell, well, number one, we handled it as a community, which I thought was important and is the only way to do it. Um, and it wasn't easy to, to keep everybody on the same page. It definitely people have different opinions in different ways and uncertainties and all, all those things make it complicated to get everybody on the same train, going the right direction. The biggest challenge is there was no game plan, you know? Like, if you didn't play football for a year, you know you could or coach football for a year, you know you could come back and figure out how to coach football. There's still like a plan. You could hark back to to former ways of what were effective and things you liked. Um, but you couldn't really go to your COVID manual and figure that out. A true testament was our coaches and the commitment to doing something for student athletes. But again, that doesn't shock me at our community because we would have that same mantra no matter what the crisis is. Um, obviously, this one was at a, scale, a global pandemic scale. It's the first one in, a, you know, 100 years or more. So, yeah, was there people that had to take the lead? Of course, it's the way it, it, it should go. But even people followed when they need to follow. Uh, parents, student athletes, everyone adjusted as needed. It was, you know, between smoke, too hot, COVID, fake outbreaks, government news, whatever it might have been. It was literally working hour to hour. Um, and then the home stretch of delivering a COVID competitive sports season, you know, you take 12 months and then you combine it into five months. You might've been planning for a while, but you really never knew what plan was, what was going to work. And once you went to whatever plan that was the go button, it was never perfect. You know, you still had COVID. So I don't know how much it drained me just yet right now, because I, I didn't really get a chance. And I think Derek can speak as the soccer coaches. Essentially, when season school year ended, I, I've just been in game planning mode because 21, 22 is right upon us. You know, we did the Hall of Fame this past weekend. We pretty much planned that, you know, on, on a whim. You know, we knew we were going to be able to have people on campus. So it's it was we did everything we could do, Dale Sal, that would probably take 12 months and did it in like three and a half months, five months, whatever it is. And then to top it off, like, hurry up, get back on the train. We got to get ready for next year because 
for me, I, I think everybody wants to get back to normalcy and, and get back to, to doing what we do at Dale Sal. And that, that's, that's way more work than we probably acknowledge for ourselves on a regular basis. But I know we have a level and a standard of expectations um, to the commitment of the student athletes that are here today and the, the, and the past and the tradition and all our alum. Like, I goes back to what I think I said earlier is I don't want to let anyone down. Yeah. You know, so that's just kind of where we're at. So it's now I'm tired. I got to get off this podcast <laughs> and get back to work. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, just a quick shout out to Kent and Doug, our, our trainers always. Uh, I mean, those guys went through it, especially Kent. I know dealing with everything COVID related, COVID task force, I think here, obviously all those folks put in a lot of time to make big decisions. And obviously the teachers and everyone else involved who had to come back and, and host our students that were eager to be here. Um, if I can kind of stay in this topic, one, one of the neat things I observed and kind of took part of here and there, um, but that I was most impressed with was your efforts during the pandemic to work together with other like schools, other private schools. I, I know you've already kind of taken that on on a national level with the Catholic National Athletic <clears throat> Directors Association, but for those who probably don't know, had weekly calls with other private school IDs in the state. It was open to all. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that relationship and why you think that's important. And I think I'll just start off with specifically Catholic schools is, is where my focus has been. I, I'm not opposed to public schools, charter schools, Christian schools, boarding schools, you know, fifth year schools. I think there's a uniqueness to every entity, you know? Um, and the one thing I found when I was, I wouldn't say I'm a, like, I'm not where I was when I was 30, constantly going to conferences, talking, learning, you know, trying to figure out what's what, trying to be the best athletic administrator I could, including going a lot of informational meetings to like division one schools and calls. I just wanted to like be a sponge and get everything, you know, get everything I needed to know how to be the best I could be and take it back to Dale South. Um, the one thing that was consistent in my early on professional career is like, you know what? Catholic schools, they're just different. You know what I mean? And it mission driven Catholic church sorts of students, all, all of the above. It, it, it does it, what we weren't better or worse. And I found that when I wanted my, my biggest takeaways in professional growth was from like minded, same situation folks, which was other Catholic schools. So I kind of. Um, without getting into the competitive equity stuff, right? You know, and all those the differences, because to that end, Robert Lewis Stevenson, just using example, they're a private school, Athenian's a private school, but it's still not the same as a Catholic school, right? We're based education. St. Joe's is uh, way, way closer to us in terms of um, similar ways in functioning and student body and community than Head Royce. Head Royce is sending kids to Stanford all day long. There's nothing wrong with Head Royce, but you know, we have to take a mandatory religious studies classes, you know, every year here. So for, you know, and so I just got to thinking one day that it would be, I always felt more comfortable and I felt like I got more productive conversations about um, professional engagement and mixers with other Catholic schools. So I, one, one year I just, I basically called like, a hundred Catholic schools in California. We got together in Lodi. I just said, we're just going to go on a, on a retreat and talk about everything from how are you implementing faith in your athletic programs? How are you working with coaches, fundraising, whatever, you name it, whatever topics. 
Um, we met in Lodi. Uh, wine and roses it's actually a great place if you ever want to check it out it's a nice <laughs> street house um, and there was like 25 people showed up and, I, and that that i was shocked i figured maybe five ten and what we did was what was a springboard to kind of a new passion for me back and that's not new anymore it's been a while of like really uniting catholic um, high schools via athletics across the country. That's grown to a lot of different things like live national in-person retreats during COVID, a lot of Zooms and, you know, you can go to the website and check the mission, but really the common denominator, common denominator mission is Catholic schools working with each other to help Catholic schools be the best they can be. Right. You know, and so it sounds corny, but that's really what it is. And I think it's going to grow. Um, it's my hobby, not my day job. If it was my full-time job, it'd probably be a bigger thing, but it's a good side um, passion for me because I, you know, it, for selfishly when I'm able to help, like, I think I mentioned earlier, I guess I'm not the young guy anymore, even though I'm only 45 years old. Okay. I'm just going to go on right <laughs> not in my fifties, but for year wise. Yeah. I think Pat, you said 15 years. So something like I'm at 22 ish or whatever here um, between coaching, teaching, and athletic administration. So yeah, I, I feel like I have a lot to offer. Um, and there's so much turnover in, in athletic administration now that if you get an AD that makes it past three or five years, that's pretty impressive. Okay. It stays at the same school. Right. Um, so I think that's why by affiliation, by mission, affiliation, by Catholicism, affiliation, by like schools, you know, it just, we were able to share different ideas and help each other out. And ultimately I think that's what it's about. How can you make others better in the world? So I think it might be, for lack of a better word, my calling that I never knew um, was going to be there a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, our topics range from everything from how do you create a Hall of Fame to how you're dealing with disgruntled parents. So I think it's, and and really a lot of it's like you can have those conversations with a multi-dimensional sort of schools, but you can't have like the Catholic slant per se. You know what I mean? Like, how do you integrate faith within your teams? It's not really something you're going to do at a national all schools kind of deal. And it's not that they wouldn't think that way. It's just you can do certain different, like we can talk about what's your best structure for team masses or team prayer service. How are you evaluating coaches? Do you take that into consideration? All Catholic slants, which is a little bit more direct and which is why people, again, by affiliation, they love to be a part of it. You know, um, I just, yeah, I, I think it's, I think we'll be doing different things on the road, but it, it's just, I, we, we were on a high before COVID, but then everything, like everybody else, had to had to adjust and adapt to, okay, how are we going to do this now? You know, so we have our first live event on schedule in Oakland um, in late January. So hope we can bring 50 schools across the country into a room to, to, to break bread and, and continue to get better. You mentioned uh, mingling as far as it is, that's something I've been impressed with. I wish I was better at that as, as good as you are in terms of like, well, I can do a game and I can see you come into a gym and you'll be talking to someone else. Uh, Again, I've, uh, Derek will tell you, I've, kind of, <laughs> I've probably evolved to getting towards the older guy nowadays. I mean, three kids will take it out of you a little bit, but here's what I used to do. Uh, I, when I first got here, I. I asked a lot of different people that were off campus, like, how, you know, think what are the things you could do? And so some of the stuff I used to always do is I would always, I still do it. I connect with someone internally Dale Sal every day, externally Dale Sal every day, and a friend every day. You know, just via text or call. Like I, and I, I can do it by attrition of my job. I used to be pretty directed 
back in the day, even to the point where I was a LinkedIn guy all the time. You know what I mean? I think it's important that that you continue to build those relationships in- internally, but I think even more important externally to your point, Pat, for my job. So uh, between officials, fundraising, referees, commissioners, other coaches, whatever, I, it's just important. I think it's imperative to maintain that communication. I'm not saying I got to go talk to somebody for two hours, but you know, especially a place like Dale South, I think it's important to continue to keep the message out there. Um, it's important to get feedback. It's important to just check in and say hi for to your friends. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that has always been kind of my my mantra. But but I, I think when you're younger and in, in your first professional stage, it's imperative. You got to just go out there and just ask people how they're doing. You know what I mean? Um, and you never know when you're going to need something or someone. Um, but like my friends kind of have like a running, like around here, they're always like, Leo's got a guy for everything. It's like, yeah, maybe. You know, it's like, <laughs> you got to have a guy for something, right? I'm not going to build a fence necessarily, but I got to find someone that can build a fence and I got to have a relationship. So relationships, I think, are a, a bigger component to success in my position than people think. And I don't know if I'm good at it or bad at it. I mean, it sounds like you think I am because I don't, I don't really pay attention to it like that. But I do think even when it's people, even if people don't like me, at least I know where they stand. You know what I mean? So at least I can strategically move through the world um, and make some decisions with an understanding, you know? And But I also think you got to go out of your way. Um, and I would say this too, I go out, I think the one constant is I still, like my new office is in the LAPC weight room. And I enjoy being able to open up my door and talk to four or five kids for a couple minutes. And I think that's important too, you know? So like, I would actually say, building my ne- own network within the Dale South community for the student athletes is also important. You know, I don't want to be the guy on a behind a desk that nobody knows. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take a moment to say thank you for doing all that because it allows me to to be my introverted self and kind of <laughs> stay in the shadows. So it's it's a pretty solid. I wouldn't uh, consider you an there. introvert, and I wouldn't <laughs> consider myself an extrovert. But okay, yeah. no, oh, it's, in, in certain in certain uh, avenues, I think it's uh, it's a it's a nice balance there. Yeah, I definitely can host um, the party, Pat. I definitely exactly. Can, uh, yeah, exactly. I definitely can like roll up on somebody and say what's up. Yeah. And if I have to go to dinner, I'll go to dinner. You know what I mean? Even though I don't want to, yeah. I'll just say I get, I'll get a cup of coffee at any point in time. Right. My, my wife doesn't like that theory about me, but I'll do it. Yeah, and I actually professionally, I, I, you told me that about checking in with folks. Um, maybe the first year I started working with you, and I, I don't have as many contacts or friends as you do, so I do once a week. Um, but I'll try to get to once a day, you know, at some point in life. But uh, yeah, I walk definitely, the, get, walk definitely your dog, that to heart. Make a call. Yeah, walk your so. dog, make a call. It's good stuff, and, and it, it definitely pays off uh, for a lot of reasons. But before we get to some fun stuff, uh, we're curious to hear your thoughts and maybe coming off a of COVID year, I guess technically we're still in some COVID guidelines, but um, high school athletics in general, um, where are we at? Are we doing well? Are we looking good in, from your perspective? Are there things that are worrisome about um, high school athletics scene? Maybe there's anything that you thought about or have been you know, wanting to talk about yeah, I can give a quick quick hitter. Just, can we just do uh, Dale Pod segment two, maybe one day on this one? Because sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I have uh, the club high school conversation is definitely yeah. in the mix. You know, what, 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 where will that go? 
Um, COVID revealed some things that I knew. I think we all knew. Mm-hmm. And COVID revealed some things we didn't know. Um, so when we when we return to normalcy, I'll be curious to see what people liked or didn't like that was delivered last year. You know, I could yeah. see some people in some sports club will be the predominant. I could see high school taking a front seat, like the club football world kind of came to it for the first time ever. I, I don't know if that will ever happen again. You know, yeah. we'll see. So club soccer, I'll just use for example, you know, maybe people are going to, you know, I know a lot of kids didn't play high school soccer this year just because it's the timing and the overlap of seasons. Even playing club and high school at the same time was kind of a, a thing this year because they let people do it. And and maybe that's something that that will change, you know. Um, someone I was I was interviewing a, a coach yesterday, just, just going to come on as assistant. And I said, there's coaches, right? And I define a coach as someone who educates and is concerned mind, body, soul. There's trainers, skill set guys and women. Like, I'm going to teach you how to shoot a jump shot. I'm going to teach you how to swim. You come in at one o'clock, you leave at 1.30, and then I bring the next person, you know, I'm a, I'm a trainer. Mm-hmm. And then there's the coach, coaches that, are, that can train, right? Um, and I, 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 I think that I'll be curious to see where the coaching role, like who actually is a high school coach. Because I, I, I'd like to continue to hire teachers that are coaches first. So that falls in the coaches trainers category for me, right? Like, yes, you have skill set. Yes, you can X's and O's, the best of them. And, but at the same time, you understand the purpose of what a true coach is. You know what I mean? You're not going to just show up at 9.59, balls are out, you're out at 10.30. I mean, it's, it's, you know, like, and I know Derek, you know this. It's like, when I'm asking you the question of how did you implement academics and athletic in your, your sport? Did you implement faith? You know, tell me about what you're doing. Worried, concerned about off-season stuff. Are you trying to get kids into college? That's not what a trainer does. So there's a lot of there's some coaches, yeah. there's some trainers, and the in my mind the four star, five star is the coach trainer. A lot of the coach trainers fall into on-campus coaches too. Yeah, right. Because then it's like your lifestyle, right? You're not going to not talk to the soccer kid. You know, when it's not soccer season, you're going to ask them how they're doing. And and so I'm concerned about the the depth and the breadth of, of like available people that buy into educational athletics. Um, so yeah, that's, and, I, and I'll, and I'll finish with this one. And again, like I said, this is a, I'm going to make a shameless plug. Please like my, 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 uh, my podcast so I can get a weekly one with these guys. <laughs> monthly. I mean, I, I feel Definitely. like I got some juice here. I, I got to get some ratings out of this on the line. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I, I think the have and have not conversation, some people call it the private public conversation. Some school districts did great, you know, during COVID, public or private. Some didn't. And I, I think that's going to have, if you didn't have a JV program or you weren't able to get your aquatics program or whatever, right? Like it's going to be hard to come back in the near future. And kids are going to go to different schools, open enrollment whatever and i think that's natural to be want to be affiliated with quality programs so i think that's going to be a factor you're going to see some shifts in power right and then kids are going to be want to be attracted let's be real you're going to want to be you're going to want to take a look at the lsl high school after covid for all the things that we were able to accomplish academically and athletically 
maybe and maybe most people didn't because but we were able to see COVID revealed characteristics. Definitely. And people are now going to make some educated choices. Yeah, I, I thought just going off your point about coaches, one thing I, I observed during the COVID year, for lack of a better term, is, uh, you know, you had guys that were pushing to get kids back or, or guys in gals pushing to get kids back doing sports for the right reasons but i think you also got the other side of the the equation highlighted as well where a lot of these coaches and programs were pushing to get their revenue stream going as soon as possible you know it wasn't they weren't in it for the right reason so i definitely agree about you learned a lot about um coaches in general and in people's motives um so yeah it, it was hard times too right yeah, so i get definitely. It, you know i wouldn't hold it against people but i yeah. definitely would learn some things and maybe they learn some things about each other they'll be you know it's a billion dollar industry now right right so, and people make a living off of high school athletics or high school age youth sports however you want to term it depending on what with the CDC titles it or, yeah. or whatever CIF titles. But I think there's a lot of, there, I believe that there's a lot of revolution coming in a positive way for student athletes. I am curious to see which people will take what roads in the next few years. Yeah, it remains to be seen a lot to see what's ahead. I mean, you mentioned as far as the hiring coaches and coach and a, uh, and a trainer, I get a little insight in terms of, you know, what you're looking for when you're hiring a head coach. Can you give us any more detail in terms of that process? Uh, because, you know, obviously we, we expect, you know, some success at De La Salle, but it's still pretty impressive. I mean, when you look at the list of coaches and the success they have, I mean, course Derek but you've had to you know football I'm sure has been pretty easy as far as the hiring head coach uh, aspect in, in your career but in terms of it's you've hired really good coaches and I guess I'm just curious as far as I'm again what uh, goes into that process and and what you're you're looking for I mean I think Derek will tell you first of all it's never easy I think people think it's easy to hire coaches some some situations are simpler than others right like like you mentioned football yes coach ladder sir and I had a conversation. He told me Coach Allen Ball should be the next head coach. I didn't disagree with him, right? That was a that wasn't necessarily a complicated conversation. But there's a, there's a, there's a unique situation for every hire, for every sport, and every you know in every circumstance. And so you got to adjust to that. But common denominators: looking for coaches that are believe in the the, the Dale Sal mission, mind, body, soul. At least want to believe in it and want to get to know it and want to work with it. Uh, number two, obviously teachers first coaches second like you know show an understanding and care for the student athlete versus just the sport you got to be good at your your craft you know i mean there are a lot of bad coaches out there i would say i don't mean to be a jerk to anybody but my opinion is i'd be generous with a seven out of ten good head coaches so if you gave me 10 schools i'm probably only looking at three or four i mean i think i always pay attention you mentioned me talking to other coaches I, I, I like, you know, I'm always paying attention to what other schools, coaches are doing and how they're acting and obviously ourselves. So I kind of have in my mind, like, who do I want to represent our kids at all times? Um, like one thing I learned a long time ago is you got to win the press conference, got to win the presser, got to win the presser. Um, it helps to have like X, Y and Z traits. Right. So you can immediately have a. Uh, I don't want to use the word wow factor, but at least credibility when you present that next coach to the student athletes. You know, you got to have some key points to get people to buy in. And to your point, Dell Cell is not exactly like other programs. You can't, you're not exactly replacing a schlep. You know what I mean? You're, you're usually coming into something where you're like, all right, our goal is 
state championship. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you can't really go in there saying, let's have fun, which you will, but it's like yeah. the kids' expectations are already at another level. But your predecessor is already established X, Y, and Z. You can obviously have the autonomy to zig it and zag it a little bit and change the logo, whatever. But at the same time, you there's tradition here. You know, it's it's hard to erase. You're not just going to blank out the basketball tradition if you're Coach Arginal and just say, this is my way and nothing else matters in the past. So there's there's a real delicate balance on on hiring. And I can tell you that I think a lot of people are afraid to put their name in that for working at Dale South. When I speak sometimes, I people ask about the, the secret to the, uh, the success of Dale South. And I usually say, well, one of the keys is our definition of work ethic is, is definitely diff different than yours. Like I can speak for this for myself. And I know Derek probably know, uh, thinks it, probably hates it sometimes because I told him and took a job. I wake up every morning telling myself I'm going to be the hardest working athletic administrator in America today. And that's it. So whatever that means, I'm going to do it. Yeah. It doesn't mean I got to work 16 hours or 20. I mean, I might, but it's like I'm going to outwork you. So like, and then I think, and Derek might be able to say this because it's his point of view as well being head coach, it probably resonates and sponges off to the others. Cause yeah, I might, I'm probably constantly just be like, have we done this? Have we done this? Have we done this? But the main motivating factor is I'm working with guys and women coaches that are still driven to deliver the South student athlete experience. And I'm never going to settle. So that's, that's what I'm looking for. And it, I think it freaks coaches out in some ways. So I do, I also know how to back off in the off season, which is why COVID sucks because we never really got an off season. We just finished and now we're rolling on the hamster wheel. You know, with Derek finished soccer season, call it whatever, May 29th or the end of May. And three days later, I'm like, hey, let's plan for the season. You know, usually there's a buffer, you know, mm -hmm. some time off. So it, it the resiliency and the, the dedication that I believe we have in our coaching staff will show to build to be to continue to build the tradition deal south here by uh by the deadline um st mary's of stockton monterey trail st francis mountain view cathedral catholic st francis academy all the way across from the east coast strength of schedule for our football team seems to be uh pretty high this year um i like it I think just given your energy right there as you're talking about our coaches, I think you're you're into it. And, and obviously I know you and know our programs and we love challenges here. We'll play anybody. Um, can you give us just a quick bit of insight on scheduling, football scheduling? And I, I think there's a maybe a misconception that goes along with it too. It's like, why don't you guys fly around and play in Texas and play in Florida and then go to Ohio and then go to, it's like, no, no, no. It's not really. So we can build a strong schedule, but maybe you can kind of give some insight on your formula, if you could. Yeah, the, I think obviously the end goal is to win the state championship. Yeah. And I think I would say that to, uh, soccer, you know, like how far, how far can you go? What do you want to do? And you build backwards from there. Um, you look at, and I'm generalizing, but I can go to football too. You look at yeah. what what do I got to do to get home games? What do I got to do to get to this level? So like, how do I got to, I, I, to get to the state game, I got to win the section North Cal game. To get to the section, what do I got to get to the section championship? I got to get the one seed. I got what, you know, then you're working backwards. In, in the football case, obviously there's traditional history where many are going to argue 
you're not really worried about league or section play, right? I mean, it's it's safe to say history has proven that everyone's thinking we're, our eye is on the prize. Yep. Um, I, I would I would agree to that to some extent, but it's also imperative to to never to never take for granted uh, a teachable moment on a game, right? You don't want to schedule a game that's pointless and a waste of both people's time. You don't want to schedule a game that we have no business competing in. I, I don't think that's a football case scenario because I, I actually don't think that's, I shouldn't say that. Every sport's unique, but a lot of our teams can compete at any point in time for one game in any situation. Um, I, I, I like, I like for a lot of student athlete reasons, high level competition at home, you know? I don't like necessarily driving two hours to Folsom, driving two hours back. But from a football standpoint, I don't know if we can go backwards. I mean, our, our kids yeah. want a challenge. They work really, really hard, as our the world knows. You can work, you can watch the movie, or read the book, or live it. You know, um, if you're gonna put the time in, our coaches want a challenge. Nobody really wants to coach a game and have the victory determined six months ago. You know, I don't. I just so I think. Uh, for football specifically, a combination of where we're at in our program, our, our, our short-term and long-term goals of the season, you know, everything from win these non-league games, win these league games, win the section championship. Uh, technically, we don't qualify for NorCal because we go to the Open in the past. Win the NorCal championship, win the state championship. They're all intertwined. Um, and truthfully, in football, I think we all know that competitive equity is not there. There's probably like five to ten programs in northern california that all match up you know maybe more depending on what year it is and obviously southern california has a segment and then there's this like elite level of teams in general you know even us playing the number four ranked norcal team i think history has shown and pat has called enough games last decade that that still is not necessarily even considered a good matchup um so there's a good example like you never really know if you have a good strength of schedule it is probably a good it's a great game but we, you know, we still might win the game, you know, but some would consider handily. So it's a, it's, a, it's a, and, and honestly, convincing people to play us is, is, has never been easy locally. And I, and I don't, I don't think Coach Allenbaugh and the, and the troops are, are thinking about that's going to change locally anytime soon. There's some good, there's some great opponents. St. Francis will play hard. Folsom will play hard in NorCal for sure. St. Mary's will play hard. We only beat them by a touchdown, you know, in the COVID year. Yes. So I wouldn't, I actually think to that point, yeah, we got to work. I mean, there, it's quite simply, we might not be in the open game if we drop a couple of games in the regular season. But I also know that the only way to get to the state championship level and win that game is to play that way. We're about to wrap up here. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, three kids. You've got uh, Madeline heading across the street to Prondelette in the fall. Uh, what's what's that going to be like? Is that, a, is that a big change from, of course, I know they've been Price the King, but uh, for having your daughter just uh, across the street. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say it, it's uh, obviously comes quick, like most parents will tell you, um, or anybody will tell you. Life goes fast. I mean, I'm. I know it's something that they, you know, she's always looked. My kids have always looked forward to going to this school here, you know, at Del Sal or Crondelet. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm obviously happy and proud for her. She's something she's taken some pride in, and I know she's excited. Um, as a dad, obviously with the two daughters, so. Charlotte's next. She's in seventh grade, and Bennett's in in fifth grade. So, it's <laughs> it's going to be different. I, I'm going to have to learn to kind of to 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 maintain the dad 
dad-daughter moments, and there's going to be the Dale Sal employee moments. You know, I'm going through the athletic process just as a dad, you know, um, submitting physical forms on that side and making sure she doesn't miss open gym for volleyball or whatever she wants to do. So it's it's an interesting experience. I, I think it's going to be humbling. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm excited. It's a different chapter. You know, I was telling her the other day, I'm like, your friends can come over anytime. And I'm like, yeah, they're not going to come over when I'm there. You know, it's going to be, she's going to be odd. You know, we, right now we've kind of said 1133 is 1133 and 1130 is 1130. So we'll, we'll figure out. I joke around. I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to bring you lunch every day. Is that cool? And like sit in the quad, you know, and you get that, that sour face look back, you know? And so we'll find, we'll figure out our way. It'll be even more unique when there's two, two of my kids over there at the same time. Hopefully I don't want them to get a grade because of me. I don't want them to make a team because of me. I don't want them to not do something because of me. I just want them to be themselves. And I just want to, you know, uh, my wife and I just want to provide whatever opportunity and support we can. And yeah, maybe, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I, I'm, I'm, I, I trust Brondelet for sure, but I do know it's the teenage years are going to be complicated, right? And I, I, I trust. I actually was joking with Tarek the other day at dinner. I have, a, I have a suspicion there's going to be more people watching my daughter than me. You know, I'm, I've already admitted I'm not going to go to a dance, so I'm not going to, you know. But I have a pretty sure someone's going to text me at the dance saying Madeline was dancing, you know or not dancing or whatever the case might be. And so it, it, it'll, we'll have to feel that path out. You know, I, I, Derek knows, cause we have a lot of coaches that have kids or cousins or neighbors. It's always extra stressful when you're, somebody's involved, right? So I'm gonna try to decrease that stress on both sides. Um, I'm not even sure who's driving Madeline to school on a regular basis. Is she gonna come in the car with me? Or is she gonna just, you know, I joke around with her and go, you can ride your bike. She's gonna be like, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so it'll be fun. I, I actually think some people are gonna have uh, more fun with Madeline being on campus than I will. You know what I mean? I'll probably be stressed out and whatever. But I, you know, hopefully, can she can make a team or and or join a club or whatever. Yeah, she's. It'll be fun. I appreciate you asking. All right, Leo Lopez, thanks so much for joining us. We definitely gonna have to do this again. Uh, you know, as we get ready for the, the football season, which is just uh, less than two months away. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us. No problem. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Les. That's a wrap on this episode of Dillapod with Pat O'Rourke and Derek Brown. I'm Mike Dawson from the class of 92. We'd like to thank the Dillasal High School and community for its support. If you like what you heard, be sure to tune in next time. And of course, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to De La Pod.